Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. I thought you were going to forget to, to clap that time because we didn't, we didn't tell them to beforehand. I don't remember. Hey, welcome to Top of the Food Chain. I am your host, Al Mancini, a man who is not legally permitted to celebrate Labor Day because according to all my friends, what I do here doesn't count as work. But anyway, and it really isn't when you see what we're doing today. It's just fun. But we are at Top of the Food Chain. You are on the Vegas Video Network. Hope, hopefully everybody is watching live right now on the Vegas Video Network. And if so, we've got a live chat going on. So you can just log on to the chat room and shoot any questions you have. Today's topic is going to be chili peppers and tequila, just because it seemed like fun to add that. But mostly chili peppers, so if you have questions, hit us up right now, get on the chat line, and we will be answering them with my guest Mike Miner from Border Grill in just a few seconds. In the meantime, um, if you want to see past episodes here of Top of the Food Chain, they're all archived at the Vegas Video Network, which is VegasVideoNetwork.com. You can find them on iTunes, you can get audio or video versions of them, you can find them on YouTube. Um, we are on Roku right now. And all of my stuff is archived at almancini.net. And you can find all my blogs over there and everything else. And of course, follow me on Twitter. Almancini Vegas is my little Twitter handle or whatever it is, as people call it. And we were just saying, I've been Twittering a lot lately, so you should start following me. Anyway, um, well, what else do we have going on? 1400 AM. You can check us out. Every Friday night, 1400 AM, all of these shows here on the Vegas Video Network air live um, at KSHP. And you can leave questions, if you're a radio listener, you can call in and record a question at 866-966-4599. If you've got a question for a future show and you prefer the email to the old-fashioned phone line, it's food at vegasvideonetwork.com. Is this getting longer, Scott, every week? We're just building. I've got another announcement that we're working on a press release that we're going to put out Tuesday that even makes it longer. We're going to have to um, hire one of those people that is at the end of... Um, those super at, fast talkers? Yeah, the super fast talker <laughs> guy at the end of the radio. This does not include car tax, you know, taxes, whatever. Right. Your mileage will be very... Need one of those people out there. <laughs> so, Scott, how are you, my friend? It's good, man. i got to ask about the T-shirt, brother. Yeah, it's the first time I think you've ever seen me not wearing black. It is. Right? Yeah, it's blue. They don't make these shirts in black. It's my Brooklyn Law shirt, and I have to tell you, because um, I guess... College football season is starting this weekend, yep. and so all my buddies, one of my buddies is having a big college football kickoff party, and everybody's going to come, and they're all going to reminisce about their alma maters and their school teams and wear their shirts, and I can't really do that because I didn't go to a school with a football team. So I just figured I'd dig out my old Brooklyn Law School shirt and um, wear it around and try to get into that college school spirit thing. When I think of you, I think of you as a college spirit kind of guy. Yeah, well, that's why I brought my law school shirt, not yeah. my undergrad. But even at undergrad, I was at Seton Hall, and they didn't have a football team either, which wouldn't have mattered to me because I didn't give a damn about football. But it just makes it hard to bond with the guys. It is. Know, what else have you been up to, brother? Um, oh, and also, this is the last shirt, I think, in my drawer that people haven't seen on this show yet. We're in, like, <laughs> week. So you're out of shirts? Well, I'm, like, out of shirts. <laughs> so if anybody's got cool T-shirts, you want to trade, send me a cool T-shirt. Because, you know, I pride myself on my T-shirt collection. It's rather eclectic, but... Um, I don't like to wear the same one twice, and I'm kind of out, so I've got to do some shopping. 
<laughs> okay, that's what that's what's also up for this weekend, probably shopping. What's up with you, Scott? Uh, like I said, we're uh, just uh, closed uh, another distribution thing that we'll be talking about uh, come next Tuesday. So we're excited about that. Getting ready for the uh, three-day weekend. I, in fact, do work, so I'll be taking Monday off, as will everybody else on the network. And well, you're over there just pushing buttons. I, I actually have to talk. I mean, I actually yes, don't have to do yes. that. I simply have to talk. You do the, you know, all the technical stuff. I don't have to bother with that. So, right. Like people tell me, this isn't a job. I go out and eat, and that's what I've been doing. Have you been enjoying um, Restaurant Week so far? You know what? You know, we're, uh, we talked about it on the show on Tuesday. Uh, we think that's one of the coolest things there is in Vegas, and yet we haven't had a chance to get out there yet. Have you? Um, I've been going to the parties. Haven't actually made it to any of the official Restaurant Week meals, but I hope to be doing that this weekend. Um, some great kickoff parties, though. Carrie Simon had a big um, shebang over at KGB Burgers. And, right. Yeah, in Harris, that was really cool. You can see pictures of that; they're already up on my website. You, um, I got to talk to your golf buddy though, who the guy that does the golf show here, Scott, yes. because there was this huge raffle, and there were probably about, and you could see all the items over at almancini.net that were available on this raffle. Um, but a lot of it was booze, really rare booze, and nice booze, and large bottles of booze, and expensive booze. So you know, I shelled out twenty bucks, got some raffle tickets, and they started raffling things off. My numbers got drawn twice in a row. First was for a golf bag, <laughs> and second was for a set of really nice golf balls and a bright red golf Nike shirt. Uh, uh, so I may actually have to wear that shirt on the air soon if I don't get any new T-shirts. But yeah, I've, I've never golfed in my life. Can you use like those golf bags and that stuff when you miniature golf? Uh, yes. Uh, that probably would have helped your score at the uh, first Invitational. I don't think anything would have helped my score at the first Invitational. Maybe another shot. An another shot, yeah, if the, if the bar had been a little better. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> it's a little rough. Yeah, so that's, that was my big win here for Restaurant Week. I won golf stuff that I'll never use. A nice Corona Extra golf bag. I don't know if they're nice. considered fancy or what, but it was cool. Um, so if I ever do golf, at least I can represent beer. And then last night, an oyster shucking contest, Scott. A shucking and eating contest. What's the name of that? That was um, Shuck and Swallow. Yes. And reps from about 10 restaurants here in town all got together over at First Food and Bar. And it was two-man teams. I should say, in most cases, two-man. In one case, it was a, um, a man and a woman. And one of them shucked the oysters, and the other one swallowed the oysters. And the winning team came from PJ Clark's. And in 10 minutes, what would you guess would be extreme? How, how, what would in you think would minutes, be a winner? Well, for me, one would be <laughs> extreme. <laughs> but I would say, what, 10 minutes? I could probably. 20. <laughs> oh, not even close. 136 oysters. Oh, man. Shucked and swallowed was by. Was there a bucket next to them? <laughs> they, there was then, it was a 10 minute um, oyster shucking and swallowing period, and then they had to wait 10 minutes to make sure no one vomited. Nice. To be officially by the rules. None of the teams puked, and PJ Clarks went home. It was a Vegas record. They're going to go on to the Nationals. Unbelievably, that's not a national record. 136 wow. oysters in 10 minutes. Well, they must be very proud. They, they must be, and I'd just love to <laughs> know how they felt this morning, waking up like that. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that was a blast tonight. Um, we're going over to Rayo's for Restaurant Week. There's a nice little event over there and a tribute to um, one of the late manager's bubbles. So I encourage people to come out to that and cool. enjoy Restaurant Week. Sounds good. Okay, well, we will be talking chili peppers in just a second, but first, Scott's got a message for you. No pressure. Hi, I'm... <laughs> Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers from, can't think of the name of my damn show, Golf and Other Four Letter Words, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network, I think.
Yes, you are watching the Vegas Video Network. You're watching Top of the Food Chain, to be specific. And I'm your host, Al Mancini. And I'm here with a good friend, Chef Mike Miner from Border Grill. Mike, how are you, man? Hey, Al. Thanks for having me. Great man. to see you, brother. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm a little, little more alert than I was last time I saw you in your restaurant. That was when we were bar hopping the other hey, night. We all do it. You made lot, some good food. Fun. I went to Shark Reef that night, too. That I, was really cool. I love Shark Reef. It's one of my favorite places to go when I'm all stressed out. I think we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. When, uh, nice. when everything hits the fan, man, I go there and try to relax a little. Yeah, so Border Grill, for those of you who are not quite familiar, it's tucked in the back of Mandalay Bay, sort of over by the Shark Reef. Got a beautiful view of the pool. Great place to check out Amazing. people in skimpy bathing suits out the window. It's very yeah, nice. I mean, I wish we had a window in the kitchen because then it would be a lot of fun. But, but the food would not get there as quickly, probably. Oh, uh, no, probably not. We'd be, what? What's going on? <laughs> so uh, that's OK. And Border Grill, of course, anybody who watches TV or reads about food, any real foodie knows your bosses, um, Susan Finnegar and Mary Sue Milliken. And those are, of course, the two hot tamales. And they are known for founding Border Grill. But you're the guy that's in the kitchen day in and day out. I'm there. the third tamale that they never talk about. So you know, I'm the very, very spicy tamale. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's wonderful working for the ladies. They're amazing, incredible chefs, really out, outside of the box thinking people. And um, just bringing Mexican to the forefront is, is pretty incredible. So to work for them, I'm super honored, really. Cool. And I've been wanting to have you on for a while because I want to talk chili peppers. And man, when I asked you to bring some chili peppers, you didn't mess around. Well, no, you know, I'd like to think that I work in a Mexican restaurant. I better know chilies, right? So uh, I brought some of my very favorite chilies. And along with that, I brought some salsas that kind of you can uh, relate to. Like if you were making this chili, what would you do with it and what kind of salsa? And you brought us some good beer and some good tequila. I as well, did. Right? You know, we've got to have, uh, you know, I think of. Uh, uh, chilies, I think of salsa and chips and beer and tequila, so why not? So tell me about the beer you brought for us. Well, this beer is really, really cool. We just started serving it at uh, Border Grill. It's called Victoria. Victoria, evidently, is the oldest uh, Mexican beer in all of Mexico. It was the original beer that they created. I tasted it. I truly love it. I'm a big fan, so I brought one for you, and I hope we could uh, give it a take shot. a little sip. Cheers, huh? man. Cheers to you. Perfect on a hot summer day or oh, a that's good, definitely. cold day or any, any day. Any day. Really. Yeah, any day. Yeah, any so day. how old is this? I mean, uh, not this particular beer, but do you well, know? Well, I was just going to say, this <laughs> one's pretty new. I just got to the restaurant <laughs> yesterday. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know. Sure. Okay, well, we'll Google that and yeah, look it up. We should um, find out. That'd so we're also going to talk a little bit about tequila. For now, let's have, a, um, let's have the beer for a second. Okay. And then, We'll also have um, you make, mix up some margaritas, maybe. You know, I was tequila. thinking we we got to try the margaritas and good tequila, and we can talk about these chilies. Yeah, so let's start off by talking about chilies. How many types of chili peppers are in the world? In the world? Um, if I had to guess, I'd, I mean, honestly, I don't really know that off the top of my head, but I know for sure that I've encountered over uh, 200 different kinds of chilies. And when I say 200 kinds of chilies, I'm talking Latin chilies, Spain, Guatemala, Mexico, those kinds of chilies. And the cool thing about some of the chilies is that they actually cross over from Asian food to Mexican food. And uh, that's really encouraging and, and nice and fresh to see that. Yeah. Um, but generally, chilies, how would you define them as a whole? Is it just any pepper that's spicy, or is there a more specific? No, I mean, oh. chilies are all over. You know, uh, typically you would find like a chili is typically very, very hot. A pepper is not so hot, more of a mild. Like, for instance, a bell pepper. A bell pepper is still considered a chili, but you don't call it a chili because it's not very spicy. Okay. So when you get into very, very hot things like the habanero, you don't want to say it's a pepper. It's, 
chili. Right. So. Okay, so I want to start by running down what you've brought here and give okay. people an idea of chilies on a scale of, say, 1 to 10 in the spiciness sure. of, of, or the, the heat that's going to be associated with peppers. Mm -hmm. And then I want to talk about you know, how, you, how you use them and how you prepare them. But now you brought a list here of 11 chili peppers. I did. And could we throw that up on the screen? So they go from, from 1 to 10 plus. So we've got the Negro, mm -hmm. then a little hotter is the Chipotle, yep. then the Ancho, chili. And then, which is a 3. Mm -hmm. We've got then the Cas Cascadel. Cascabel. Cascabel. I can, my eyesight's really bad. Sorry, that's a 4. Mm -hmm. um, what do we have up next? Uh, then we have the Arbol at, at a 5. Okay. Jalapenos are at a 6. Serranos are about the same thing. It's just a different bit of a flavor, but they're both about the same heat at a 6. Then you have a Aji Amarillo, which is a Peruvian yellow chili. That is very, very hot. Now you're getting up into the really hot chilies. It's an eight. Um, uh, then you have uh, Merida, which is a different species of jalapeno. Very, very hot, smoky, um, a number eight. And then the two that are uh, my very favorites, one that I actually use a ton and we get a lot of requests at the restaurant is habanero. Habanero is at a 10. Mm -hmm. And then uh, last but not least is the ghost chili, which is a 10 plus. That is the hottest natural grown chili on the planet. Okay, so let's start with the mildest. Yeah. That, that you pulled up for us. Okay, well, you know what? I, I, really, the ancho is going to be one of the mildest chilies that we have here. Okay. So, so for me, the, uh, a really great thing, a couple things, you guys, is that... It's very flat, very dark. It is I mean, dark, and the one thing I learned about chilies when I started working with them is that they taste the way they look. So, for instance, this chili is dark and rich. So the smell, it almost the has taste, a sweetness to it. Sweet, you're gonna get a nice sweet flavor from it, and it's not hot at all. So this is kind of, you'd see in moles, very very typical. You don't want a, a mole, which is a authentic chili sauce, to be hot. So and what pepper use, is this again? This is the ancho chili. Ancho, okay. Ancho chili, and which is yeah. Uh, no, when I'm smelling it, I almost smell kind of a molassesy. It, it's isn't it amazing? Yeah. I mean, really, this is a poblano started out fresh. So they take poblanos dry them out, and then they become the ancho chili, okay. which is originated in Puebla, Mexico, which the first mole was originated in, in Puebla. Now, another um, kind of converted chili is a chipotle, right? That starts off as something else? It is. It, it like, starts can out. Can chipotle? I can. Okay, so what we got here is the chipotle. Now, these are, honestly, they've got to be one of my favorite chilies to use. They're all smoky flavor. You don't get a ton of spice out of them. What happens is these are jalapenos. Oh. These are jalapenos that are left on the tree until they get red. I brought you one so you could kind of see what it looks like. So this is how they are on the tree. And basically, these are old vine-ripened jalapenos. They wait until they turn red. This is fresh. You pick them right away. This is where they let them go. And what happens is they let them go. They let them start drying out. When they start drying out and get it wilted, they pick them and pull them. Then they take them, these, and turn them into this. So we start off with the green jalapeno. You start if, off if with the, the this goes to the grocery store. Everybody right. buys that. Mom and dad make great things. This stays on the chili, on the tree. Uh, the farmers come by and pick them after they started wilting even more. I got lucky to got, get one of these. Then they take them. They t every two hours for the next three days, they smoke these chilies. And they smoke them until all of the moisture is completely gone out of the chili. What you have left is a nice kind of prune type chili, and if you crack it right open the middle, yep, yeah. smell, you can see even some of the smoke came out of it. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. It smells like a forest fire, really. It, it's, it, you know, it's super great. It, it makes great salsas, things that you want to have a flavor, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to have hot food. And you said this is only like a two or three. Uh, yeah, it's, there it's really, scale. really, really so low. It gets, as it ages and smokes, it loses spiciness. It, loses it totally does. It, it does. I mean, if you want to use spice, this is not the chili. This is for flavor and smokiness mm -hmm. of whatever you're making. I think that's kind of counterintuitive to some people. You would think that when you age something and dry it and concentrate it, that it would become spicier or hotter. Yeah, well, it's actually just that species of pepper because most cases that is true. But with that chipotle, or they call it big brown, um, it's just designed to be smoky. Okay, so um, let's talk about other ones that people may not see around a lot. Actually, we talked about chipotle, talked about how to use them. Yeah, yes. Let's take another unusual pepper, and we'll talk to people a bit about how they can use it at home. Okay, great. This is one of my very favorites. This is called a cascabel. Um, in Mexico, that means little bell. They also call it rattle, and all the chilies are loose inside the, the rattle. So you can see that. <laughs> yeah. Take that. That's very, very cool. These are one of my very favorite chilies. Again, it's can a dark, on the mic? Yeah, it's <laughs> a dark, rich chili. You see the color. You know what it's going to be like. Versus you pick up something bright red, you know that's going to be hot. Right. Red says it's hot. This is very unique because of the flavor it gives off. It does give off almost a chocolate flavor. This again, so if you took like this chili, the ancho chili, you could roast them in the oven, take all the seeds out of them, grind them with, chili, with garlic and onions and chicken stock, you got yourself a nice chili sauce. Mm -hmm. So one of my very favorites. The great thing about chilies nowadays too is that as our culture develops and gets more in tune with Mexican food, the grocery stores today are selling all kinds of wonderful chilies like this. They actually even have a little section in the grocery store where you can buy every one of these chilies. So I don't have there. to go some. I don't have to go to a Mexican market. No, you don't have to do that anymore. I mean, Smith's carries it. Albertsons carries them. You'd be surprised on the selection of uh, Latino foods that are available. I want to talk a bit about you know. Okay. We've got, so you have your recipe and you want to use a chili. Yeah. There's a lot of questions to people about how you actually prepare them, how you cut them, whether mm -hmm. the seeds are what gives it. Let's take a jalapeno, for example. Mm -hmm. it, a lot, the con conventional wisdom is it's the seed that gives mm -hmm. it its heat. It, well, it, it can go either way. And, and typically what happens with the seed, and this is a good one to show you, it's the time of the year that they pull these off of the trees. The longer they go, they start blistering. And when you see these blisters on the jalapeno, that tells you that this is a very hot jalapeno. Okay, so the time of the year they picked it, the temperature, how long it sits in the sun, and then the membrane of the actual chili itself. That is also the very hot part of that. When you cut the chili open here, we can do that right now if you don't mind. No, absolutely. Yeah, so we can see that, and I can kind of show everybody. So the membrane, which is this part here, is very, the very hot. Part. The inside part is very, very hot. The seeds are hot as well, too, but not quite as after the whole entire thing. And again, the blistering on the side of the jalapeno tells you that this is a hot jalapeno, and if you're not used to spice, you may want to stay away from it. Uh, and just smelling it, it's hot. If you're just smelling it, it's hot. But it's got that, you know, for me, it reminds me of green bell pepper. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, if you smell that nice freshness of it, unfortunately, it's very, very hot and nothing like a green bell pepper. 
Um, do you recommend when people are working with chili peppers that, I mean, first of all, first thing now I know is don't touch my eyes, yes. right? Because I'm going to go blind and it'll, the oh show will gosh. be over and right. Scott will have to take over and yeah. it'll be. Um, so don't touch your eyes, but do you recommend people wear gloves? I do definitely wear gloves. The hotter the chili, don't mess around. Don't try to be, you know, a big bad hero and messing with chilies. I've done it my whole entire career. I feel comfortable doing that. I know where to touch the chili, where not to. You know, if you do have uh, bare hands, you always want to grab the chili by the stem. Never do this to the chili. As I was just as doing, you were great. just doing, you'll get hot. Thanks for warning uh, me. Yeah, well, no problem. That. You know, my first, my first uh, uh, experience working in a Mexican restaurant, the chef caught me. Like, hey, you got something on your eye. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. And, oh, it was all over. Yeah. You guy, I can't believe you did that. Well, at least you, you didn't, at least he didn't send you to use the men's room. That could have been worse. Yeah, that could, could have, have been worse. Could well. have burned something far worse than yeah, your eyes. That, <laughs> no doubt. So, um, okay, so there's some basic advices on how to use chili. What's your favorite, um, like, what would your favorite recipe be to take advantage of, of fresh chilies? Uh, moles, definitely, definitely. Fresh chilies or dried? Or, or any chili, whatever well, you get from me, the store. Well, for me, honestly, excuse. dried chilies are my very, very favorite. I love the process in them. I love how you take a fresh chili, you dry it, it turns into a different flavor, the smell, the texture, everything. My very favorite thing to do in the restaurant is make mole. Um, I feel like I'm a aficionado when it comes to mole. But I've been working on Mole is, excuse me for cutting you off, but that yeah. is a difficult, I mean, there's like 20 ingredients that have to all come together and blend together perfectly. Can beginners really take a stab at a mole? Oh, you better believe it. In all honesty, I mean, people's uh, taste buds in mole, they really don't know a ton about mole. You can start off with a mole. I've been working on a mole for seven years that I really enjoy and I think has been great. And how I did that is I started experimenting when I was a kid. Hey, what happens when I do it with this chili? Of course, a mole is 99% all dried chili. So I take these chilies, and the great thing about these chilies, here's another one, chili negro. So again, a black chili, you know this chili is going to be very, very mild and just nice and earthy flavor. I take all those chilies, you roast them in the oven for a few minutes. And what happens is they get very, very soft. All the natural oils come out of the chili. You smell it in the oven. As soon as you smell that, that whole smell permeates through the whole entire kitchen. You pull those chilies, open them up, pop the seeds out, and you start sauteing. You know, and you get onions and carrots and celery, whatever you want to do. I mean, there's really no rules in my book. I think just a great sauce is, is the key. Malay is very misunderstood because people think it's a chocolate, a spicy chocolate sauce. I mean, that, that's kind of the definition yeah. that everybody knows. So they think it's going to be like, I don't know, a jalapeno flavored Hershey bar or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. It's you know? totally not. Actually, the chocolate is uh, there to enhance the chili flavor, not to make it sweet. Um, and not all, not all molly's have chocolate in them. So. Right. Uh, um, do you enjoy wor working with chilies for their heat more or for their flavor, or is both. it a combination? It's both. It depends on what I'm cooking. If I'm making you today, I made you some really hot, spicy food. I, um, my idea was to grab the hottest chilies I could, roast them with garlic and whatever. If I'm making a, an enchilada sauce, you know, I may want to use a, wa a, wa a guajillo chili, which is a very uh, traditional, authentic chili that you would find in a red enchilada sauce. Okay. Um, well, let's talk a bit about making just a basic homemade salsa. Yeah. Because that's something I've always enjoyed doing. It's pretty basic. And I love it. You put too. out your own salsa at a party, it's so much cooler. It's I mean, so especially much with fun. Labor Day coming up, you know? Absolutely. Uh, how, how do you, you know, what, what type of salsa would you recommend people serve? Well, I with? brought you three here that we kind of serve in the restaurant. I wanted to show you. One is this here. This is a green tomatillo salsa. It's not cooked, it's all fresh ingredients fresh tomatillos, fresh jalapenos, fresh cilantro 
fresh squeezed lime juice, and that is it. You just puree it. How simple is that? You puree it, you, you put it in the refrigerator. When your friends show up, you know, especially on a hot summer day, it's nice and tart, salty, limey, perfect. Yeah, very refreshing. Very refreshing, exactly. If you want to follow that up, say, with a chipotle salsa, like I brought the chipotles here, you just take those, some garlic and onions, tomatoes, cook it, puree and it, and thing. you get this that, here. That, that one there. Which is a nice, is, which is an end result. This is a very mild and smoky flavored salsa. Let's just get a shot of that without ruining my tablecloth there. Got that, Scott? Yeah, and this is very smooth by comparison to yeah. the other one. And is that just a question of how, how much you puree it? Yep, it's all in the technique of how much you're straining it and pureeing it. I mean, we do a lot of that, to be honest with you. I like to do salsas a lot of times the, where you just really take the tomatoes and the, the peppers and your onions and your garlic, and you leave it nice and chunky. Yeah, like you can hand mash them. You know, we do family meal at the restaurant, and all my cooks and stuff bring out, uh, they make their homemade chilies, and they'll even throw chunks of avocado in it. They'll throw chunks of tomato, and they mash it by hand almost, and it becomes this really fresh tomato-flavored salsa that I, it's hard to duplicate. To yeah. be honest with you. These are great. Now, what kind of um, chips do you recommend using with these? Just a nice fresh corn, 100% yellow corn chip is, Can my, you, is my thing. Is it easy for people to make their own if they don't want Absolutely. to go with, like... You know, you, again, if you go to the market where you find all these chilies, you'll see right next to that all the tortillas, all the flour corn tortillas. You can buy yourself rounds, like six-inch uh, tortilla, cut it in fours, and fry them in your little fat fryer. I mean, it's pretty easy to yeah. do. Okay. Um, now... We want to talk a bit about tequila. Yes. And I know we're not One really... One of my other favorite things. We don't have to give people a, a margarita recipe per no. se because everybody kind of has their own favorite. But um, how do you recommend if people are going to put out some salsa and maybe make a nice margarita this weekend? And what type of... You want to go with a Blanco tequila? Yeah, for me, I think a Blanco is really good in a, in a margarita. I brought today a Patron Platinum, which is a triple distilled um, silver tequila. It's the only triple distilled silver tequila they make. Um, I'm doing a Patron dinner at the restaurant, so I thought, why not bring Patron here today and kind of give you a little taste of what's going on uh, yeah. next week. And I want to talk about that dinner in a second, but first, cool. why don't you mix us up some... Oh, um, let's do that, huh? Mix us up some margaritas. So I brought... So here, I'm going to just make you one like I do in the restaurant. You know, we take um, agave nectar. Uh, and you've got a little in there juice. already. I already got a little in there. I'm just going to put this in there. So again, fr uh, agave nectar... Fresh squeezed lime, that's our Where's secret. somebody going to find agave nectar? Can uh, in the grocery store, yeah. again, believe it or not, agave nectar has become so popular. We're going to add a little, a little, a little, whoa, sorry, a little <laughs> uh -oh. tequila. That never hurt anybody at No, this that show, never man. hurt anybody at all. So I just put ice in there, and then we'll just top it off of there. Okay, a little margarita. Okay. And for me, I just like a simple margarita. It doesn't need to have all kinds of crazy stuff. Nice, lots of lime, great tequila. Excellent. Yeah, tasty, huh? Really good, man, yeah. really good. Thanks. Um, now, let's talk. You, you do these tequila dinners, and I was fortunate enough to go to one. You can see pictures on my website again, almancini.net. We had some Oh, we had photos. so much fun. We huh? had a good time. Yeah, um, it was cool. You were actually cooking outside, yeah. and Mary Sue and Susan were both there. Um, how frequently do you do those tequila dinners? Um, well, I do them about every three months. Um, we really try to get on uh, a little more of a schedule and do a couple back-to-back -back because we haven't done them in so long. It's been about seven months. 
we actually started getting some hate mail. Hey, what the heck is going on? Why no tequila dinners? Need our tequila. Yeah, so we did, and uh, we kind of even stepped it up. You know, every tequila dinner is something different. The one you came to, I brought the whole entire kitchen to you, so you could see kind of the trials and tribulations of what we go through in the kitchen. That's on always a blast. Thing. I mean, for people that are serious foodies, getting the chance to sit in the kitchen yeah. or have a, a bird's eye view of the kitchen is just so much fun because, you know, I call it kind of choreographed chaos. Yep. You know, I mean, it's it insanity, but you know what you're doing and you work like a team and, you know, it's almost like, you know, watching a sporting team. Like, yeah. you're throwing things off to each other yeah. and it's cool. So the Patron um, dinner. Yes, I know, Scott. That's about the, my knowledge of sports, watching people in the kitchen. Thank you. <laughs> hey, that's a great sport. Hopefully yeah, have an unfortunately, you can't bet on it. Mm -mm. I mean, it would be nice if you could. Yeah, but that would be nice. So the Patron dinner is when? Uh, it's going to be September 8th. Um, again, I'm going to bring the whole entire kitchen outside one more time. I'm doing a whole uh, pig that I'm roasting. We're doing this whole gaucho theme. A gaucho is a Mexican cowboy. Mm -hmm. So I want to cook everything that they would. If they were out in Mexico on the range, they were eating, we're going to have a whole pig, we're going to have rabbit stew, we're going to have really great like chorizo cornbread, all kinds of cool, cool things. Now the gauchos, of course, are credited with um, inventing churrasca, which they is are. The, the South American type of barbecue that yep. if you've ever been to a churrascaria rodizio where they cut off the big slabs of meat yeah. at your table, that's a churrasca, that's the style of barbecue. Are you going to be using that same type of barbecue? This is a little bit different. This is, uh, no, not quite. Okay. But uh, it'll still be incredible. I'm sure it will. And then how many courses do people get? Uh, five courses. Plus I do uh, pass appetizers, which we will pass about three three, four appetizers while they're kind of mixing and mingling. We, we serve margaritas as well. Then everybody comes into the room, sits down. We go through this whole entire thing. We bring the tequila maker out. I come out through every single course, tell you how I incorporated the tequila into the drink, into the food. And it's just a really great, not only is it a, a great dinner, but it's kind of educational. It's interactive. Everybody who has come has been at least once. And it's just a really great party. Sounds good. Um, I'm trying to think more about chili peppers. What else we need to tell people? Well, I, a couple things. I, I brought a couple more things for you. Um, I brought uh, these habaneros here, which we love a lot. We have a salsa in the restaurant which called Diablo. The, which are the habaneros? Uh, the habanero here is the uh, yellow orange here. Okay. This it is a, doesn't look that scary. No, it doesn't <laughs> look. It actually looks very pretty, like a little mini pumpkin, but uh, you would be surprised to find out how hot this is. Um, we have a, a salsa that's on the, on the, in our restaurant that we make. Um, we don't offer it at the table, but people just know to ask for it. Hey, you got that hot salsa? We call it Diablo. So we roast those habaneros with some tomatillos, and you end up with this Diablo. And I found that a lot of really good Mexican restaurants, they, they'll have a habanero salsa in the back that they don't tell people yeah. about. But if you ask, and you're one of those people that likes to burn your mouth, then yep. you want to try it. I'm going to try that. But in the meantime, so that I'm not embarrassed, Scott, why don't you tell us what the question is on the chat line? Yeah, two questions. Bill wants to know, uh, can you restate an easy salsa recipe with using a medium type of chili? And then Nate wants to know, do you have that 10-plus chili you talked about on the table? Yes, I do. Let's start with that one because that one I'm really excited about. I've been really kind of playing around with it. It's a ghost chili. This, it, like I said in the beginning of the show, this is the, na the hottest natural grown chili in the world. This thing is no Where's it joke. Uh, it's grown in India. Um, it is super, super, super hot. 
Uh, I've, it's been so hard to find. It's almost impossible to find I for think, whatever reason. It's pretty popular. I think, I could be wrong, but I'm 90% sure there's a hamburger over in Aria where uh -huh. they mix those ghost chilies into the hamburger meat. And supposedly if you can get through the whole thing without throwing up or crying or whatever, uh -huh. you get a free beer, which doesn't seem worth it to oh, me. That's but, cool. but that's over in, I think, Skybox at Aria. And I think you won't get them whole like that, but you get them yeah. mixed in. What do you use that for? Well, right now I'm just kind of playing around with it in the restaurant. Uh, I'm making some hot <laughs> salsas, you know. We made some salsa. This is kind of what I'm doing with it right now. I'm also just playing around with a, a contest as well. I have this thing it's called Chef Mike's Death Fries. And I take French fries and I make a powder out of that and I toss it with cinnamon and coriander and salt and these chilies. So the balance of it really tricks your mind. You eat it, you taste a sweet coriander cinnamony thing, and then all of a sudden, bam, the ghost chili really hits you. you these, okay? these salsas are hot. I'm not, <laughs> okay. I'm not chugging this just because I want to. That's wanted, why I bought the actually, margarita yeah. for us. So. Mm. I'll tell you what, I won't <laughs> leave you um, hanging. I'll do it with you. <laughs> and. Well, now, are you going to be able to speak and tell them the simple salsa recipe with oh, a yeah. no me medium-level chili they were talking sure, about? Sure, no oh, problem. Man. I actually need to break out the water for this one. No problem. So, <coughs> woo! so a medium chili, again, is kind of the jalapeno. You know, if you just take this jalapeno, you rough chop it. You chop it with onions, cilantro, tomato. You make almost like a salsa fresca, if you will, or a pico de gallo. Mm -hmm. You know, us white people call it pico de gallo. Um, that's kind of a medium salsa for me. Do you use, um, do you roast your garlic for salsas? Uh, it depends. If I'm making like this chili arbol, of course I roast it. I roast the chilies, I roast the tomatillos, I roast the garlic, everything. It just depends on what kind of flavor of chili I want. Do I want a roasted flavor? Do I want a fresh flavor? Do I want a smoky flavor? Do I want to burn your <laughs> butt off flavor? Yeah. Just depends on what you want. So, you know, there's an old conventional wisdom that water isn't the best way to um, mm -hmm. just stop what's happening in my mouth right now. What <laughs> Sorry, is, Al. Is Sorry, there, man. <laughs> is there something that you recommend if somebody eats something really hot that it'll help? You know, they say milk is the trick. Uh, I, I, I'm going to disagree with them. You know, I've had a couple of challenges where guys have come up to me, Chef, I'm, I can eat hotter food than you. All right, let's go. And I've eaten some hot food. And I thought, well, this milk isn't doing anything. What is going on? Um, so, you know, I think milk helps. But typically, if you just got to train your palate. Do you, um, uh, forgive me if I get this wrong, there's a word that actually is the measure of spice or of heat in the chili, the Scoville, right? Scoville uh, chart. Scoville chart, yeah. yeah. Can you explain a little bit about well, that? Well, the Scoville table? chart just basically rates the chili and how hot it is. Um, and, uh, and from that, you can go online, any, just Google Scoville or chili pepper chart. It'll walk you through the whole entire chili, um, all the chilies, and, and how hot they really are. Great. Well... This has been a lot of fun. We're having a good time. Too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks, man. Um, make sure you check out uh, Border Grill. They are going to be having, you're having your Patron dinner. Something yeah. that's great about that is you can sign online and join a Border Grill VIP club, and then yeah. you can go to these dinners for half price, right? Yeah, it's a really amazing thing. I mean, if you sign up to Border Grill, our VIP program, we'll send you, our first thing is we send you a free entree. It's, it's all good stuff. None of it is garbage emails. You know, the tequila dinner is another great thing. It's usually $135, $150, something like that for regulars. Uh, if you're on our VIP program, it's $75. It's, it's a really great deal. You know, most of our, we designed the tequila dinner for our VIP people. So we just wanted to blow them away, say thank you. And it's involved into this 
really, really big thing. So we're excited. That's great. Um, you know, I did have a question, an email question from okay. a viewer, so I'm hoping you might be able to help me out sure. in answering it if you know about it. It's um, from Marie, and it says, is there a place in town to purchase flavored olive oils or vinegars? Thanks, Marie. You know um, I think uh, places like um, uh, Sir La Table may have some. Um, William and Sonoma will have some for sure, but in all honesty, Al, it's so easy to make your own oils. I really recommend for anybody to uh, challenge yourself a little to Google uh, oils, infused oil. It's really, really easy. It's this simple thing. You heat up oil in a pan, you throw rosemary in it, you let it warm up, you, you sit it for about a week in a jar, you're done. That easy. If you want garlic oil, same thing. You heat up garlic and oil, you bottle it for a couple weeks, it turns into garlic oil. Well, that sounds even better than going out and buying it in a store, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But um, just to answer, Marie, if you do want to go out and buy it, um, Artisanal Foods, I know, has a few flavored oils. I think mm -hmm. they've got Meyer Artisanal lemon foods. and um, maybe some orange flavored oils. But only one or two that I know of there. I definitely I'd recommend making your own. It's so much more fun. It oh, impresses the hell out of people. It which really is does. What I'm all about. So thanks for coming. I want to let everybody again out there remind them Restaurant Week. You're doing a Restaurant Week meal. We are. We're doing a Restaurant Week meal too. You know we have this great selection. You know for uh, I think it's forty nine dollars. You can come in. You get you get a, a appetizer sampler. You get to pick anything on our menu. You get to pick any dessert. There's really no limitations to it. Yeah, so please go out explore Restaurant Week at Porter Grill and about hundred and twenty. 20 other great restaurants, incredible bargains, it goes to a good cause. Remember, you can find me at almancini.net, and you can also buy my book, which is called Eating Las Vegas, the 50 Essential Restaurants, one of the restaurants, of course, being Border Grill. Yes, we're very proud to be in your book. Proud to have you in the book. Thank you. So thanks for watching. I'll be back next week. Not quite sure what we're talking about next week, but I promise it won't burn my mouth as much as this one did. <laughs> Cheers.